This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate, and Hancock. So welcome back to High Stakes. I'm David Schifrin, and uh, this is the second part of my conversation with Dr. David Pate. Uh, Dr. Pate recently retired as the CEO of St. Luke's Health System in Idaho, and he is now on the ground working in a number of arenas uh, on COVID-19 response, heading up the governor's task force there and um, spending, uh, as he said in the first part of our conversation, 10 plus hours a day looking at this issue and uh, helping healthcare organizations and the health system as a whole respond to it. So I wanted to, to shift a little bit to the longer term. Uh, where are we going to be in the next 12 to 18 months and uh, how healthcare systems and health leaders can respond. So Dr. Pate, thanks for continuing the conversation and um, yeah, really appreciate it. Well, my pleasure, David. And I I think you're asking a a very important question. Of course, it's a question that no one has the answer to, but uh, it's a very important question because I think so many local uh, uh, and state governments and even the federal government are uh, understandably very focused on what are the recommendations for now, for the next month, for the next two months. And as I uh, said in our earlier conversation, I I am convinced things are going to get worse before they get better. You know, because of this, I do think we need to be thinking about sustainable solutions. You know, we're certainly asking a lot of people, you know, I talked to a 83-year-old woman this past weekend who asked my advice about what she should do. And then she asked me, you know, how long is this going to last? And, And as we talked about some of the unknowns, you know, her question to me is, so am I going to be confined to my home for the rest of my life. And, you know, these are the things we've got to think about as to what is sustainable? Uh, What can we do for the long term? Because this is not going to be over in a matter of of weeks. What does all of this mean for how the healthcare system responds and its reputation and how it's perceived and how it, it leads as an industry going forward? Yeah, I think those are excellent questions. Uh, you know, I would pre- preface with saying that, that it is quite possible that I'm wrong in my projection. Nobody knows. And I think that uh, as hospitals and health systems, we don't want to overly build up people's hopes. We don't want to create false uh, expectations. On the other hand, there's no reason to go out and scare the bejesus out of people. we got to find the balance of how do we give our communities accurate information, but at the same time being reassuring. And so while I'm certainly not proposing that people go out and and tell people this may last for two years, what I, I suggest is that we not do anything in our communications that creates this expectation that this is going to be over in a month or two months or this summer. And so I think we we emphasize we don't know when this is going to come to an end. Uh, and certainly that is concerning. But what you should be reassured about communities is we are planning for what it takes for however long it takes. 
And the one thing about this is the longer it goes on, the more we learn about it. And and things are changing. What we should make sure people understand is whatever that time is, things won't stay the same. We will have more options. Now, the problem is we also need to understand in the short term, this is going to get worse. And we're going to have to be comforting and reassuring to our communities that, you know, we're, we're up to this task and that uh, we will be there for them. And we're going to do the best that's humanly possible. But at the same time, then empower the people in our communities. What we don't want them to do is sit at home and feel hopeless. We need to empower them and tell them, hey, here's things that you can do. So, for example, we take high school and college students and, and get them certified as, as caregivers to, to provide child care for health care workers or to uh, help care for some older folks, uh, get their groceries, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I'm going to be sending out a message uh, in my own locale here that even while things are closed, you can help save a life. Go donate blood. So what we want to encourage our communities is not to embrace a sense of helplessness and some dire destituteness, uh, but yet here are the things you can do. You don't have to be victims. It's almost like a different version of the social determinants of health conversation that we've been having up to this point, just in a slightly different Amen. flavor. Amen. That's a great point. So Dr. Pate, trying to sort of pull all this together and just, again, bringing it to the very practical as people across the healthcare industry are doing so much in this moment, how do they look up and find room to kind of think about the future and, you know, hopefully have some optimism about the future, but also prepare for all these different eventualities? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great question. I think, I think the first thing is kind of my same advice for hospitals and health systems, as I uh, was just saying for others, we've got to think about this in sustainable terms. So you can't burn out all your leaders. And for example, I, I suspect every hospital and health system that's listening to this has an incident command center uh, set up. Well, you need to be three or four deep in, in that uh, command center at least to make sure that we don't burn out any individuals, that we're not overly relying on on any one person and that we you know, provide for rotations, we pr provide for uh, sleep, we provide for some time off. So first of all, we need to build in our own sustainability because I do think this is going to go on for some period of time. The second thing is, uh, right now, we're operating in crisis mode, and, and things are changing so rapidly. And I don't think it is reasonable that hospitals or, or health systems can really plan significantly for the uh, future right now while they're uh, dealing with all these fires. But this will not be the case for the duration of this illness. At, at some point, I, I pray that all of our efforts that we're making is going to get to a point where it plateaus and we can get this 
under better control. And then there will be times to, to think. And I think we need to think about a couple things. One is we obviously need to be learning from this. We need to be learning from our mutual mistakes. We need to be learning from our mutual successes of how we revise our uh, pandemic and emergency plans for, for the future. But additionally, what hospitals and health systems across the country are going to experience from this is a tremendous loss of fee-for-service revenue, uh, a tremendous loss of some of the lower acuity uh, services. And of course, before coronavirus came, that's what hospitals were already beginning to experience for a variety of reasons. And I, I think this is an opportunity to think about the role of hospitals and health systems and what we can do, and that we are going to have to imagine a future world where we have less fee-for-service volume and, and that uh, competitors and innovators and disruptors are taking away our lower acuity stuff. So it's a great time to actually think about how do you make your transition to value? Because frankly, the health systems that are going to weather this financial storm the best are the ones that have already significantly converted to value. I think everybody agrees that the transition from fee-for-service to pay-for-value is inevitable. It's just nobody wants to make that jump. And perhaps this really gives us, as a country, the opportunity to make that jump. So let, let's capitalize on these opportunities. Well, Dr. David Pate, thank you for your insight and your wisdom. And uh, uh, let people know where to go. Uh, you've got a fantastic blog that they should check out with regular updates. Uh, how should people find out more about your thinking? Well, uh, thank you, David. And I'm really glad to spend this time with you. My blog is at Dr. Pate's blog.com that's d-r-p-a-t-e-s-b-l-o-g.com and certainly happy for you to visit that i also want to take this opportunity to tell everybody who might be listening to this how incredibly proud i am of the healthcare industry i am constantly inspired by your courage, your dedication to our communities, your dedication to our patients. Our communities should also be incredibly proud. We need to tell those stories that I want you to know, I know what you're doing, and I'm so very proud of you. 